God is speaking to us clearly by the means of an instruction saying, this is the season we must totally depend on who? Totally depend on who? On God. But John now tells us that the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is the same thing as what? As God. So if this is a season and a year we should totally depend on God, we will not be making any mistake if we say it's also the season we should totally depend on his word. Am I correct? Do I have a witness in the house? So it wouldn't be out of place if we have a sermon that talks about totally depending on God's word. And this morning I bring you God's word titled, Total Dependence on His Word. Somebody give God praise in the house this morning. Help me, I don't know, I just feel like instead of praying, just do one song. I like that song so much, I sang it on Wednesday. I'll put you in front, this is my prayer, in front of my melody. You are all the man. You are all Yes, Lord, I'll make room for you and I, Jesus. In the gross killing, yes, Lord, you are away, away, you are all, you are all that matters, oh, seated that's just my prayer the name of the lord be praised in jesus name total dependence on his word is important we understand that the same thing jesus said in the beginning was the word the word was with god my responsibility this morning is just to remind us and to show us just one thing that the lord god the maker of heaven and earth did for you and me to prove to you beyond all reasonable doubt that when he says a thing, that thing must come to pass. When God says a thing, the Bible says he's the one that speaketh a counsel and cannot bring it back. He says when he stretches out his hand, whether by purpose or by mistake, he cannot bring it back. So for every word that God has spoken concerning your life and my life, my responsibility this morning is to show you one thing that God did. If you have to see that thing that God did and you still doubt his word, then we cannot help but to pray with you. And this thing he did for Abraham, the Bible says he did it for our own sake. When the instruction of God comes this year to say this is the year we'll be to- need to be totally dependent on God, now, that gives me an idea, an indication, if you can help me switch up this fan. That gives me an idea, an indication, that if God will say you must depend on him, which means there is a tendency you can stop depending on him. Do I have a witness? Now, 
if you understand the world you are, you will understand, like Pastor did mention, that it will get to a point, strange things will happen. And when these strange things happen, they are not just happening for happening's sake. They will test the very faith that you have confessed in this house. When you say the Lord can heal me, the strange things will prove will come to a test for you and say, are you sure God can really heal you? You will come to the point where the things you once said amen to, you will at the very closet, in your own very closet, you will ask yourself, these things that I said amen to, am I sure that God will do it? You will get to the point in life where men will present to you what we call alternatives to a God that is taking too long to hear your prayer. But they will not tell you it was, they will not tell you the gain of transition or the gain of waiting. They will tell you all you need to do is to lick it and go to Baba and the Baba will answer your prayer in one day. I can tell you it's true, it can happen. But there will be an exchange at that point. It's not you exchange your soul or something will have to give way. But I don't have to exchange anything. Because a prize and an exchange was made for my behalf. And that is the God that I serve. So it's important to understand that you will have to be tested at some point. I watched a video, I heard it for, for over a week I never saw it and I saw a video of some young men having a bath in the river and some other videos connected to it. Those are very demeaning things to see. What they do not understand is that an exchange is made in the spiritual that they've sold a seed of their soul, of their life, and of their blood, and the blood of Jesus that once washed their sins away, they have to now die again for themselves. It's a very terrible thing. You are looking at it this way, but the time will come, your children will ask you a question. We should I rather serve your God or the God of this man, of my age mate that have made it within a year? Because he has tested other gods, but the Bible says we have a God. When he says the things, he only needs you to wait a little. There is no exchange for you, but the Lord God has paid it all. Somebody give God praise in the house. So for a long time, Amos chapter 3 verse 7, the Bible says, For God will not do a thing until he reveals it to his prophets. Why did God say that? Because in the beginning, as God had dealt with the prophet, God will not speak to the people. We said this on Wednesday. He will speak through a prophet. He will speak through a vessel. And so God will say whatever he has to say so that the vessel will now say it to the people. And in that dispensation, that was how God was working. But we said on Wednesday as well, but we have gone past that dispensation. God is speaking to us clearly, so clearly that we can hear him by the means of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to show you something very quickly. And we're going to look at just one thing that the Lord God did to prove to you that his word is true. Hebrews 11 verse 3. John said to us that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And he also went ahead and said, for all things were made and without the word, nothing was made that was made. In Hebrews 11 verse 3, the Bible then says concerning you and I, he said, by faith we understand that the walls were framed by the what? Please help me here, by the what? So the creation of everything, the giving of life to everything has to happen by a word. 
The reason why we encourage Christians to repeat a particular thing over time is that for anything you say, whether it has to come from the scriptures or not, it's proving that you give life to whatever you say. So if you wake up on a very Monday morning and declare that that day is blessed, just keep saying it in the morning, keep saying it in the afternoon, keep saying it in the evening. The reality of life will come to you to show that you, are, you have a hard day, but you don't need to look at a hard day. The day is blessed and the day is blessed. The Bible says you believed by faith. Nobody told you you did not see when God was creating the earth. But for some reason you have a belief, you teach your children that God made the heavens and the earth. So that is the faith that we have that all things were created by God by a spoken word. And so we say here that it will come to a time and a, a, a condition in your life where you will be tested by that same word. Is it really true that God created the heavens and the earth? God said I will be healed. One year later, I still feel the pain. Is it true that God can really answer prayers? Now, one thing we do unconsciously is that we doubt his word, but not his presence. So you cannot tell God to his face that he cannot do what he says. But we ask ourselves, can his word come to pass? The reason is simple. We try to separate the God from his word. But you forget so soon that he is the same thing as his word. When he says he will do it, the moment you ask him, can that word come to pass? You are inadvertently standing before God and saying, can you do what you said you will do? If God appears to you, can you dare ask him the same question? If he appears to you in the, in the fullness of his glory, can you doubt him? And that is why when God had appeared, each time God appeared to the prophet, we learned on Wednesday, he appeared by what we call the glory. If God for a moment appears to you in your own room, you can't stand before him. You don't even know what you will do. To some of us, you will bow. To some, you will start crying. To some, you will roll on the floor. There is no understanding of what you will do if you come to the power of his glory and his presence. But for a long time, we question his word because we try to separate the man from his word. Not knowing, the Bible says, he's the same thing as his word. God is his word. His word is God. So if you are totally dependent on God, you cannot say, I'm not totally dependent on his word, on his word. Amen. So in Exodus chapter 6 verse 3, the Bible says that when God appeared to Moses, he said, for all man that have known me, they have known me as God, Jehovah, um, the Lord Almighty. The same way we come and pray. We say, thank God, God is the maker of heaven and earth. But God made a twist in how he appears to man. He said to Moses, for a long time, they have known me as a God Almighty. But going forth, he says, I will appear to you as my name, Jehovah. Jehovah is a multifaceted name. To someone, you need Jehovah Jireh. To someone else, you need Jehovah Nisi. To someone else, you need Jehovah Adonai. So whichever way you need God, that same name will appear and give praise. Just give praise to the name of the Lord this morning. And so we're going to take one example from a man called Abraham. And we'll see what God did for Abraham just for you and me. If you're totally dependent on God, then you must know that God is the same thing as his word. Now I'm going to read to you Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 13, 14 and then verse 18. Now don't stretch yourself. You don't need to understand what it means. I will explain it in details. 
Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 13. Now, I need you to listen to this very carefully. Multimedia, if you can help me on the New Living Translation, that will be better. New Living Translation. Now, this is what happened. That the writer of Hebrew was only summarizing a story that happens many years ago. He says, for example, there was a time God made a promise to Abraham. And then he says, since there was no other one greater than him, the Bible says, God took an oath in his own name. Verse 14. Then he says in verse 14, God made an oath. He says, I will bless you and I will multiply you. This is the blessing he gave to Abraham. The same blessing is attached to us. Now verse 16, now decide to explain what happened. Now ask yourself in a moment, if God says he will bless you, do you need God to swear that he will bless you? Do you need him to swear? Do you need to say, man will say, I will buy you a car. You say, are you sure? I swear I will buy you a car. Why are they doing so? Just to prove to you that they will be bound by what? Their word. So if God says he will bless you, do we need him to swear again on his word that he will bless us? But this morning you will see that God had to do it just to encourage you to keep holding to his word. The people I hate seeing swearing is those motor park people. Have you seen them swear before? Their swear is, is, is... The one I hate most is when they want to swear, they remove the bathroom slippers they have. And they will bite it and says, and they now swear. Bathroom slippers that have gone through any, all the parts of Lagos. Amen. But the Bible says, and God had to take an oath. Verse 16, watch this. It says, now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to their word. And without any question, that oath becomes binding. Next verse. The scripture says, God also did what? Bound himself by a what? By an oath. So if you are not okay that what he says will come to pass, then he made an oath. So that what? Those who received the promise, talking about you and I, could be what? Perfectly what? Assured. So why did God take an oath? So that you have an assurance that whatever he says, he will do. Other parts of scripture cause it so that you have an affirmation. So that you will be persuaded that what he says, he will do. Verse 18. Now watch what then he says. He says, so God has given both his promise and his word and an oath. Both his word, promise and the word, an oath. Now listen, a promise is what you say you will do. That ends it. If I say I'll buy you a car, I've made a promise. An oath is when you now sign a contract. And so you bring a contract form, I sign it, that I will do it. That's the same thing as a word, as an oath. It's the same thing as the word covenant. Then he says, by these two things, King James Version calls it the two immutable things are unchangeable because it is impossible for what? God to lie. Therefore, who who have fled to him? If there is anything you are looking for, good health, good husband, good marriage, and you run to God, he's saying by this swearing and by these two immutable things, every man that runs to him, you should have what? If you run to God for refuge, you should have great confidence. Has anyone run to God recently? And you are saying, this word that God says, he will bless my business. Can God really do it? God is saying, I did something back then to Abraham. 
if you have understanding of what I did, by these two immutable things, I can, even if I bless you by mistake, I can't take it back. If you have that understanding, I did it, said the Lord, so that you have great confidence to totally depend on God and totally depend on his word. So the question then is, what did God do that proved to you and I that he will keep his word? If I can understand it, maybe I will be encouraged the more. If I know it, maybe I will trust him the more. If I can see it, maybe I can challenge anyone that tries to tell me or bring me down that God is taking time on his promise. Now let's paint that picture. Let's see it by ourselves. And that will end the message. Amen. So how do we go? Genesis 15, we're going to look from verse 6. Are you ready this morning? So I'm going to paint a picture from Genesis from. Um, chapter 15 from verse 6. Now, this is what happened. Remember when we read Hebrews, the Bible says, and God appeared to Abraham and said to him, I will bless you. Now, all through scripture, you need to understand this, that when God speaks a word, he goes back to the person to give him affirmation all through scriptures, if you study very well. And so when God appeared to Abraham in Genesis 15, that was not the first time God will appear to Abraham. He had appeared to Abraham the first, the second, I think this was the third time recorded. And so God went back to Abraham and said to Abraham, 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 Abraham probably had a conversation. And he said, Lord, I'm fine. He said, do you remember I said to you, I will bless and increase you. The same reason why we come to church every Sunday, so that we'll be reminded of what God said. And so you have preachers reminding us, encouraging us. That's how God is reminding you and encouraging you that he will do what he said. In verse 6, the Bible says, and Abraham said to him, the Bible says, Abraham believed and it was counted to him as what? Righteousness. Now take us to verse 8. While Abraham was having this conversation, Abraham then asked the Lord, but Lord, how will I know that what you said you will do, you will do? Abraham said, how will I know I will inherit it? In other words, Abraham was saying, you said this before and before. You said it 10 years ago. You said it 5 years ago. Is there anything you and I can do to give me solace that when people question me, I can at least show them something that God will do it? In other words, in our very time, what Abraham was asking God to do, should I bring a contract form so that you will sign? Then I will keep it and know that you bound yourself to your word. Nothing more than that. So God said to Abraham, you really want me to go into this contract with you? And back then, there was nothing called contract. You couldn't sign. For you to go into that contract, you have to do what they call a covenant. And every covenant all through scripture, even up till today, there is no covenant without a blood. And that is why it's very dangerous that you try to corner God and try to get something faster. A blood will be required from you. Whether yours or somebody you love, somewhere along the line, a blood will be shed. Because it's impossible for you to seal what a man has said without a blood. And so back then, for a man to seal what he has said, he has to seal it with a covenant or a blood. And I'll show you how it works. For a contract to be made or for a covenant to be made, the person that says he will do the thing is called, had made what they call a promissory oath. So he will be the one to cut the covenant. 
And this is how it's done. One of the ways out of many. I'm just going to explain them one that God used. So what will happen if I tell Peter, I'll buy you a house. Peter will look at me, look at my bank account and say, you buy me a house. And so I will say to Peter, you don't know me, but let's make a contract. Let's cut a covenant. So what will happen is Peter will bring an animal. It may be a goat, a cow, a calf, whatever animal he chooses to bring. Now what Peter would do when he brings the animal, listen to this carefully. He will kill the animal, shed the blood, and now divide the animal into two equal halves. And then he will bring the animal to a place where the covenant or the oath will be made. One half of the animal he will place on one side. The other half of the animal he will place on the other side. He has prepared what we know at this point, the contract note for me to sign. So what will I do as a man that say I will do the thing so that I can be bound by my words? What then the the promise I will do is to look at the halves and then there will be a gap in between where the bloods are all around it. So as a man that made the promise to tie my word to myself so that what I say I will do, I will now walk in between the two halves of those animals, making sure my feet touches the blood. Because the moment my feet touches the blood, I will repeat the same thing I said to Peter. I will buy you a house and if I don't, there is always a condition. Let the lot of this animal before me. Very dangerous. And so men don't make promises they can't, they don't make covenant they can't keep. And that is what really always transpires. So when Abraham was asking God, how will I know it? In other words, he was saying, is there a way to prove what you have said? So that I will have confidence to totally depend on you and your word. Now, do you think God will go that far to prove his word? Let me see your hand. If you think God can, do you think God can, will, do, will go that far to prove his word? Do you think so? Let me see your hands. Let me see. Now, you can see you don't think God can do it. I don't think God could do it until I saw that God did it. Now, how did God do it? Let's go on. In verse 8, have you read verse 8? Good. Let's look at verse 9 and verse 10. Now, listen carefully. God then said to Abraham, if that is what will give you confidence that I will do what I will say, let's do it. The Bible says, and God then said to Abraham, he said, bring me three-year-old heifer. Bring me what? Three-year-old female goat. And what else? Another three-year-old ram. A turtle dove and a what? A young pigeon. Verse 10. The Bible says, and when he brought him, when he brought all these to him, the Bible says, and he did what? Cut them into what? Let me get some feedback. Into how many? Into two equal halves down the middle and the bible says and he placed each half on what their opposite to each other but he did not touch the birds because that's how god commanded and the verse 11 the bible says when he had placed it what's the next thing that should happen it means god must come down and walk through the middle verse 11 the bible tells us in the morning abraham waited all morning god did not show up He waited all afternoon, but God did not show up. The Bible says he waited and waited in verse 11. He says, and it came to a point, the vultures were coming to devour the carcass, and Abraham was busy chasing them away. But something happened when God was about to come. The scripture does tell us in Exodus 13, one of the forms that God comes, pastor was talking about it. He says he leads them in the pillar of cloud by day, and the pillar of fire by what? By night. 
So one of the forms that God reveals his glory is through fire. The Bible then says in verse 12, listen carefully. Verse 12, the Bible says when it was time for God to come. The scripture says now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep came upon what? Abraham. Why did the deep sleep come upon Abraham? Genesis 2 verse 21 gave us an indication. When God was creating the earth, the Bible says, And when God had formed man, he said to himself, Let us make the female, in, let's, let's, let's make a female out of him. And he says, the Bible says, And God caused a deep sleep to come on who? Abraham. Why? Because he was about to come down and no man is permitted to see God. Jesus speaking says, For no man has seen God unless the begotten. So when God needs to come down, he causes deep sleep on a man. So what Abraham was doing, what the kind of sleep was not the normal sleep, but because God had to come down to take the walk of death, which is what it was called. The scripture then says in verse 17, watch this. When Abraham was busy sleeping, God came down and he said to himself and he made an oath to, 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 to bind him to his word. But in the case, Abraham was busy sleeping. But by the time he woke up, the least he saw, the best he saw was the form of God's glory, which we spoke, spoke about on Wednesday. So the scripture says in verse 17, And it came to pass when the sun was set and it was dark, and behold, there appeared a what? God come in the form of a smoking oven and a burning torch. And what happened? The Bible says that smoking oven, which was the glory and the image of God, walked through the pieces. And the Bible says in verse 18, when God came in that glory, he said to Abraham, you have made me come down to swear by what I said. He now said in verse 18, the scripture says, and that day, the Lord did cut a covenant with, with Abraham. When Abraham saw what God did to bind himself to his word, Romans 4 verse 21 then says, Abraham after seeing this, he now came and said and declared. The Bible says Abraham said he considered not the deadness of Sarah's body. He considered not his own body. If God would say a thing and also confirm it by an oath, the scripture says Abraham then became fully what? persuaded that he who has promised will do what will bring it to pass so the same thing god did for your sake and for my sake just to prove to you if i say you will be healed by the reason of the oath and covenant i took on your on your behalf that word must what surely and surely come to pass and no man can take it away from you praise the lord Now, having known this, let's go back to Hebrews 6. Then you will understand better when you read that story. Hebrews 6, let's take 16 to 18. 16 to 18. 16 says, now when people take an oath, you know what they do. They call someone who is greater and without the question is binding. Verse 17. Verse 17 then says, for God also what? Bounded himself with what? Do you have understanding how that worked now? Now, what does this say? So that those who receive, who are those who have received the promise? If you receive the word from God before, let me hear you. Let me hear you see your hands up. So that you and I who have received the promise could be what? Perfectly what? Sure. So are you sure now that God will answer your prayers? Are you sure that God will answer your prayers? 
In fact, the, he said, you'll be sure that God will never what, change his mind. Verse 18. He says in verse 18, for God has both given his promise and what? And his oath. By these two unchangeable or immutable things, it is impossible for God to what? Lie. Did God ever promise he will bless you? Can he lie about it? Did God promise he will increase you? Can he lie about it? So he says it is impossible. For, so therefore, for every one of us that flees to God in refuge, he says, I have great confidence. Is anybody here that has confidence? Another part of the scripture says, for we have strong consolation. The Amplified says, for we are strongly encouraged that whatever he says, he will what he will do. Why? Numbers 23, 19. The Bible says, for God is not a man that he should lie. If he says he will increase you, he will what? Increase you. If he says he will heal you, that same God will what? Heal you. He said, nor a son of man that he should repent. For he has said, for he has said, I will not, for has he said I will not do it or has he spoken and he will not make good of it? If you have a promise in this place, does anybody have a promise? That same promise God will bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 55 verse 11, he says, So shall the word that comes out of my mouth be. When it goes out, it will not return without accomplishing that which he says. So these are the encouragement that gives us that when God says a thing, we need to be totally dependent on what? On his word. If the word God says it, I believe it and that settles it. Amen. Now, just before I close, I'm going to show you one more thing is important and then we'll wrap this up. Isaiah 14 verse 25, I love that scripture that says when God gives his counsel, he says that I will break in Isaiah 14 verse 24, not 25. In verse 20, he said, the Lord of hosts has sworn. He has sworn concerning your health that you will be healed. He has sworn concerning our business that you shall flourish. He has sworn concerning our marriage that you shall be fruitful. He has sworn concerning my body that I shall be fruitful as well. He has sworn concerning his church that the gates of hell shall not prevail. And we hold on on this word. He has sworn concerning your children that they shall be the head and not the tail. He has sworn concerning you you shall go and come back rejoicing. He has sworn concerning you that goodness and mercy shall follow you. If that is your lot, why don't you say a louder amen to him? So this is the assurance that I have. And then I can speak like Abraham. When you come to me next time and say, are you sure God will answer your prayer? There's something I know you don't know. Because now I am fully persuaded that he that said it will bring it to what? To pass. Amen. I'll show you one more thing and then I close. In Exodus 24 verse 8, this is very important. Now this will help your your position the next time you come to the table of the Lord, which is a holy communion. The Bible says, and in one of those ways, God was trying to prove to the people that he would do his word. He commanded a man called Moses. He said, bring a sacrifice of an animal. He says, and the Lord said to him, sprinkle it upon the people. For every man the blood touched it was an indication and a reminder that the Lord has made and will do according to the words that he said. So this was another way God was making a covenant to the children of Israel. Then the scripture says in Isaiah 31 verse, Jeremiah 31, 31. God came to one point, he said to Jeremiah, a time will come 
In the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, it says, A time will come, behold, I will make another and a new and a permanent covenant. It says, It will not be the same that I've made of old. It will involve blood, but it will be once and for all. The scripture then says in, in Hebrews 13 verse 20, I love this. Now he says concerning Jesus, he says, Now may the God of peace who have brought us unto our Lord Jesus Christ, that, that great shepherd, through the blood of what covenant? The everlasting covenant. There is no cause upon you and I because of the blood of the lamb of, that was slain. He said there shall be an everlasting covenant. First Corinthians eleven twenty five. So the moment you come to the table of the Lord, the Bible says, Jesus speaking says, in the same manner he took the cup. He says, this is the cup of which covenant? The new, not the one he caught with Abraham. Not the one he caught with Moses. Not the one he caught with the children of Israel. He says, that I've given you in my blood. Now lastly, I read Hebrews 8 verse 16. So what the covenant of animals did that could not remove and seal what we had. The Bible says, but you have obtained a more excellent ministry. In as much as Jesus Christ has become the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better purposes. Hebrews 12, 24 then puts it this way. Now, Moses was busy sprinkling blood on the people. But there's something that seals you to God's word. Connects you to that Abrahamic blessing. He says, and Jesus has become the new covenant. He says, and the sprinkling the blood of what? Sprinkling. Has anybody here received the blood of the lamb before? What you don't know is that there was a sealing of you to the covenant that God made. That he will bless Abraham and all his seed. And so I become that part of that blessing. He said that speak better thing than the blood of Abel. So there's a speaking on your behalf. There's someone, there's a blood speaking good for on your behalf. There's a blood speaking well on your behalf. Because a promise was made on your behalf. And that word will come to pass without fail in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody celebrate that God that will serve. Why don't you rise to your feet? It is a season the Bible God is instructing us. We must be totally dependent on God. And also totally dependent on his word. If you have to depend on God and depend on his word. You need to understand this with full assurance. Very full assurance. So we're going to take a song quickly. The song says God is able to do whatever he says he will do. God is able to do just what He said He would do. He's yes, gonna I will. fulfill. He's gonna fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up, don't give up on God, and He will. He say, Hallelujah. He is able. He is able. He is able. Say, say,
Praise in the house. And so, Lord in heaven, we thank you because your word has come to encourage us more than before that you are still that faithful God. And so, we hold on to every promise that you have made and every word that you have said concerning our lives. For everyone here still waiting on you for a healing, we ask, O oh Lord, that your word that became flesh, they will experience the glory of healing in the name of Jesus. For everyone who's waiting for a turnaround, that your word concerning their turnaround in their business shall become flesh in their lives in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and we give you honor. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Someone give God some praise in the house. Amen.